Hello, good day from Montreux, Switzerland. This is Sonia Spring and Simone Gibertoni at Clinic La Prairie. We are pleased to continue the, the series of our Unlock Longevity Talks with a new episode about precision medicine and the immune system. The immune responses is involved in nearly every aspect of uh, human health and communication between the immune system and our organs is the key to our health. Deep understanding of these responses and their biological interpretations can provide new areas to live better and longer. Our guest today is Dr. Brian Hashemi, Executive Chairman of Novigenics, a biotechnologies company that has developed a sophisticated technology for profiling immune cells. With this technology, they are able to generate insights to detect disease as early as possible. We'll see with him how this can be done and how this can provide precision medicine solutions to improve treatment and health outcomes. Good day and uh, welcome, Brian. Uh, and actually, congratulations to you and to, to Novigenics. You have won this year the Felix Buda Award in Medicine and Science for your great innovation. Thank you very much, Sonia, and thank you, Simone, for hosting us today. And uh, yes, we're very honored to, to have received the Felix Bordeaux Award as a first Swiss company uh, for such uh, uh, innovation in medicine and science. And we look forward to making a, a great patient impact uh, in the years to come. Brian, we always like to share personal stories behind uh, these incredible companies uh, that we have, uh, again, in this particular case in Switzerland. Can you tell us uh, something about your story? So personally, I started uh, my life with um, studying uh, physics and biophysics of immune cells. So I did my PhD at Cornell University in upstate New York. Um, and it turns out uh, that immune cells don't function normally in space. Um, and that was discovered by Swistem from Zurich. Uh, back in the early 1990s. Um, and so NASA had developed a whole program to understand how the immune system adapts to spaceflight. And I found myself at the heart of uh, Johnson Space Center for about 13 years, developing advanced technologies that we flew on the shuttle Mir program to understand how immune cells adapt to spaceflight and what are the risk factors introduced for astronauts um, in, uh, during spaceflight. So, um, and I was a, a faculty at Baylor College of Medicine at that time. And um, due to personal experiences uh, of having friends who went through cancer, uh, some of them who survived very well, some of them, unfortunately, who passed away uh, younger than me, uh, I decided to really uh, focus uh, my career around um, accelerating innovations that can make a great impact in healthcare. Uh, both in terms of um, treatment of patients, but also in terms of keeping people healthy for the longer term. And that's what brought me to Switzerland um, and brought us to Novigenics. So let's jump into your, your research and, uh, and your technology uh, that has these the immune cells. So they are early responders to various biological triggers. And can you tell us more about the link between gene expression and the immune system? Sure. The immune system is a very complex um, early warning system, but also the first responder uh, in the fight against disease uh, in the human body. And therefore, um, if you think about how these cells operate and how they function and how they respond, um, and if you can learn from them, if you can be able to listen to what they are talking about, what they're responding to, 
um, on a uh, on an ongoing basis, uh, you you could really learn a lot about the status of the immune system, the status of the body, status of the disease, and help drive decision making within the clinic. The technologies that we use um, were not available uh, 20 years ago when I was at NASA and Baylor College of Medicine. Today, we're able to go after gene expression of millions circulating cells with, uh, with one tube of blood where we have uh, four million of these cells. And we can assess uh, which uh, molecular pathways are up and down regulated, what communication pathways are in place, what are these cells responding to, um, what are some of the stress signals that are uh, embedded into the system. And from all of that, um, and having done clinical trials, multi-center clinical trials within our company, we're able to understand uh, when these molecular pathways are up and down regulated uh, and how that is linked to the disease state and to the therapy. And that uh, offers an opportunity for data-driven precision solutions, meaning that um, as we're writing the atlas of the immune system one chapter at a time, from one disease at a time, and having mapped uh, what a healthy population looks like uh, across different ages, obviously, um, then we're able to use that as background data uh, in terms of uh, there's all about signal to noise, about being able to get good signal out of the noise. And the platform is designed in order for us to be able to generate uh, excellent insights from the immune system uh, with the background of information that we have uh, in our database that we've generated over time in clinical trials. Brian, we'd love to know more about how you do this profiling of uh, immune cells. Let's go step by step into how this is performed, starting from the blood sample and going into the, the next steps. Certainly. So you have um, billions of immune cells that are circulating in our blood at any moment, uh, whether we are awake, sleeping, walking, talking. Um, and these immune cells are in constant um, uh, alert uh, and they're on constant defense of the body. And uh, when we take a blood sample in one tube of blood, uh, you have a million of these cells that actually come into that tube. And uh, our job essentially is to listen very carefully to all of the signaling pathways that are uh, involved in those cells and to interpret what is, that, what is that telling us about the status of the health of the individual and the progression of the disease and how the individual is uh, um, responding to therapy? Uh, and of course, uh, when it comes to longevity also, we can see uh, which sort of immune profiles are linked to healthy outcomes and which sort of immune profiles um, you know, need to be improved in order to lead to healthy outcomes. So um, the process is as follows today. Um, let's start about 10 years ago, we used to isolate the immune cells so we can actually take these cells out of the blood. And then we extract the, what's called the RNA. I think everybody knows uh, mRNAs today. Um, and we extract the mRNA from the immune cells. And then we're able to quantify um, across the whole genome, human genome, um, which how many of each of the mRNA is present in this immune cell population. And with our uh, analytical systems based on machine learning, artificial intelligence, and huge data bank that we've generated, we're able to then do biological interpretation of what this data means. You know, where, where, which gene clusters related to which disease are up and down regulated, and what is that telling us about the individual or the progression of a disease in the individual or the progression of health in the individual. 
And so it is a combination between um, reading the message uh, that is coming from the immune system and then interpreting that message. And that interpretation is extremely important. And another important part of that process is standardization. So these standards did not exist before. So we've essentially generated the first um, real standard for measuring um, human uh, gene expression within the immune cells. And so all of our database across all of the disease states and the healthy population are standardized with the same uh, normalization, standardization protocols and filters, data filters that we've set up so that we can really compare one population from another. So when we get the data from an individual, we can compare that data with a huge background of information of healthy individuals, people who are developing different kinds of cancers, or people who are uh, at different stages of life. And this allows us to interpret uh, what is going on uh, within the individual. The system also is designed to um, generate algorithms that can then do predictive uh, uh, analysis, meaning that we can generate through machine learning and artificial intelligence algorithms that can predict the progression of where this individual is going to be ending up in six months or a year. And that is based on a large-scale multicenter clinical trial that we've concluded. For example, in the case of colorectal cancer, uh, we have a large database of healthy individuals, individuals with advanced adenomas that can be removed. Um, of course, the recommendation is to do colonoscopy, but most people do not like to do colonoscopy for screening. Therefore, um, unfortunately, it continues to be the second leading uh, cause of cancer mortality. Um, and as a disease continues, you get into stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four of the disease. Uh, we have mapped how the immune system is changing its response in the body uh, at the different stages of the disease. And we were able to then leverage that knowledge that we've built um, to predict where this individual is today and where they're headed uh, in, the, in the future. And that helps the physician make decisions about what is the next step I should be taking with this patient. So for early detection of disease, it's a very powerful tool, but also for optimizing the therapy and ensuring that an individual will stay healthy for the longer term. So we can really say that it's actually you're bringing a new tool in, in prevention because uh, in comparison to what people would do today in the sense they feel something or they are doing a checkup from, from time to time and we detect, uh, uh, we may detect a disease, uh, your idea and your technology can really bring in having profiling done uh, more regularly for people and uh, being really in anticipation of, uh, of detecting uh, a disease so earlier, much earlier than uh, in a usual uh, in a usual medical uh, profile. That's exactly right, and that is what uh, we received the Border Prize for on innovation, in the sense that we're using immune cells um, of an individual as satellite uh, uh, biosensors. That essentially uh, four million of these uh, immune cells provide us deep insight uh, for early detection of disease. And then, of course, for um, the therapy optimization as well. So to provide precision oncology insights to the oncologist or to the physicians to make better decision-making for the patient. And once a patient is treated, actually, uh, for recurrence monitoring, so let's say, unfortunately, you went through a particular form of cancer and now you're treated, um, that is a fantastic news, obviously, but that patient needs to be closely monitored for at least five years 
and uh, of course, PET scans are used, MRI is used, many different technologies are used. Uh, but we believe the best um, best biosensors in the world are the ones that uh, nature invented, uh, which is our own cells. And we can routinely uh, take four million cells with a simple blood draw. Um, and analyze uh, what the response is. And so we're currently in the process of developing, and we have a European Union uh, consortium grant on that, developing a recurrence monitoring tool that allows with a simple bot draw to monitor the individual and to make sure that we catch the recurrence of the disease as early as possible so they, that that individual can go into therapy. And if, of course, there are no signs of a cancer coming back, that individual can be reassured that everything is on track and they can go on uh, without fear of uh, is the disease coming back. Do you believe this uh, um, algorithm, database, ability to predict that you develop can be, can, will be in the future also useful in, we were talking before about longevity, in the field of longevity to help people which are already healthy to be healthier? Absolutely. So um, interestingly, that's, a, that's an area that I have personally a lot of passion to. When I was at NASA, we actually took um, people uh, at, across different age groups um, and we were using immune reactions uh, um, through activating the T cells, uh, the T through the T cell receptor. Uh, so when, when you're infected, whether it's a, by bacteria or virus, uh, your T cells are uh, the ones that are activated through the interaction of what's called the T cell receptor with the MHC complex uh, antigen presenting um, uh, cells. So um, this activation drives internal responses in the T cells. So uh, one of the internal responses is the full cytoskeletal reorganization. So the cell has to get ready uh, to proliferate uh, to make a colony of itself to then be prepared to attack. So, for example, that's how what happens in vaccines. Um, and um, we were able to measure the activation response through the cytoskeleton. Today, we we're able to measure those same activation responses through much more deeper understanding of molecular pathways that are involved across the whole genome. And that can certainly be mapped into um, uh, the aging process because obviously, as we age, our immune system becomes weaker with time. And we can monitor actually the level of response of the different pathways in the immune cells as the individual ages. And of course, we can also monitor how that response is augmented or improved uh, due to different um, lifestyle changes, due to different uh, possibly nutraceuticals, due to different, um, there's quite a lot of investment now going into longevity technologies, longevity solutions. So we believe that the immune cells, uh, which are readily available through a blood sample, are, are the ideal um, representative uh, of, of a sampling of what is happening in the body and how the cells are rejuvenated or how the cells are responding um, with time. So certainly these technologies um, uh, have a phenomenal opportunity both for monitoring as well as um, providing feedback for uh, optimization of the routine, optimization of the therapy um, to the clinician, to the physicians in order to, to, to be able to help the individual uh, to have a healthier, longer life, um, all by looking at how the immune system is operating and how the improvement in the operating of the system 
uh, will lead to the longevity. Of course, as we all know, the immune system is very central in many, many different diseases, whether it is in cardiology or whether it is in cancer. Of course, we've seen um, the importance of the immune system in viral infections with the COVID pandemic. Um, and we can see also how uh, that can cause positive things, also negative things inside the body. And so the, having the capacity to monitor that um, with very high precision uh, with regularity, with rapid turnaround time on a platform that with one blood sample within a couple of days we can get a full insight of how is the immune system operating can provide uh, immense opportunity for, uh, for improving patient outcomes and for longevity. Brian, coming back to your journey, um, how long did it take uh, to arrive to this incredible technology that you develop? So um, interestingly, it takes, um, it takes a long time, but I guess a decade or two is not a long time when you put it in the context of human history. Um, uh, 20 years ago, we were looking cellular responses that was really at the leading edge of technology where we could actually analyze, for example, activation response of the cytoskeletal system inside the cells or expression of particular proteins on the surface of the cell um, uh, on a single cell basis using flow cytometry technology and, and so forth. And that was really the state of the art 20 years ago. Um, and we use those technologies at NASA to evaluate how immune cells operate in space and how, how, how they change relative to Earth and, and modifying that. Now, after the Human Genome Project, um, it took quite a long time for all of these technologies to be developed. So the Human Genome Project itself took something on the order of 15 years. Within it. it was the largest international undertaking um, uh, in medicine, I think, in terms of getting um, a full profile of the human genome. And off of that came technologies that could allow us to then measure the genome. Um, and um, that took quite much longer, but it was very expensive. So at that time, in the early days, it would take maybe $10,000 um, to map the genome of one individual. And when you think about having to map thousands of individuals before you can have the database that you need to be able to understand what's happening. Um, so it was very cost prohibitive. It was limited in terms of access. Uh, that cost structure has dropped to the point where it became about $600 um, when we switched to the next generation sequencing platform. And that opened up from uh, being able to measure only 700 genes 10 years ago uh, when we first started uh, doing this work about 13 years ago, um, to be able to now go across a full uh, immunotranscriptome, which we switched over about uh, four years ago. So today, our database is very much ramped up around the full immunotranscriptome. Um, and um, the other thing that has happened is very interesting. Uh, you know, machine learning, artificial intelligence has been around since the 70s. It's not really new. But what has changed um, is our capacity to store immense amount of data, to transport immense amount of data. Our facilities at the Biopole here, which is an innovation center in oncology, um, we have optical fibers that are going into our data centers that are very highly secure data centers. And that allows us to be able to transport immense amount of data um, and be able to work with collaborators across the world and be able to communicate with large amounts of data. Um, and then, of course, the computing powers that have emerged uh, to allow us to be able to crunch through that amount of data and be able to turn uh, 
first of all, to manage the quality of the data, the quality control of the data, and then be able to turn that data into information uh, and that, that information into knowledge. Um, and those bandwidth expansions, both in terms of data storage, data generation, data uh, transfer, has really uh, provided a disruptive opportunity, which I believe in the field of uh, oncology particularly, but in all aspects of medicine, uh, this is probably going to be the fastest growing field uh, where we can really significantly improve patient outcomes. As we know, um, therapies are have been somewhat limited or sometimes even disappointing. Uh, if you look at um, immunology, uh, checkbone inhibitor therapy, for example, of bladder cancer, only 20% of the people respond. But um, up to recently, we didn't know which 20% respond and which 80% don't, where uh, we now have technology that can do that. And we're actually building that now where uh, an oncologist can do a test on the individual based on the immune system of the individual, predict uh, whether this individual is the right candidate for this therapy. And if so, instead of waiting uh, for months and months, we rapidly uh, accelerate the utility of that technology. Because of course, um, uh, these uh, therapies also have a lot of side effects. So we have to be careful where we use them and how we use them. So um, that uh, precision insight into what is happening in an individual has been empowered by all of these technology innovation. As we know, uh, digitization has impacted uh, all aspects of our life, significantly improving many of them, whether you look at um, uh, transportation, information technology, our own everyday lives, um, you know, with these uh, digital tools that we have at our discretion. Ten years ago, that wasn't the case. Uh, and today, uh, we're, bringing, we're bringing that reality within everyday medical practice, where a physician can actually have high-quality precision information about the individual and the patient and be able to have a significant amount of background information that is important to have as to um, what does this mean? So once you have the information to turn it into knowledge, you need to have a database, a library of information. And that is really what we've been focused on building, um, the atlas of the immune system based on the immunotranscriptome, which can be readily accessed uh, with a rapid turnaround to bring knowledge about an individual and the progression and management of the disease and ensuring longevity as much as possible. So this leads me to ask you about uh, Novigenics. Uh, beside oncology, you are telling us uh, uh, Novigenics is now, can we say, a knowledge and technological platform. So what, what is next for your company? Yeah, so it's uh, quite exciting. The, the, there, there are immense opportunities in so many different domains. So as an emerging uh, biotech uh, innovator, uh, of course, we have to stay focused. Um, but uh, we get requests in many, many different areas, uh, whether it is um, uh, within the field of oncology uh, in other spaces, for whether it is, for example, in IBD, management of patients in IBD, or management of patients in, in, in lung uh, cancer, or um, other areas. Um, of course, there's also a lot of other areas where the immune system is involved. Um, we have seen the, um, the impact of uh, viral diseases that they can have on crippling societies. I mean, that was a, quite an experience for all of us uh, over the last two years. And um, recent data uh, has demonstrated how the immune system actually can be used to get deep insights into how different individuals respond uh, due to an infection such as COVID-19. So we are 
able to then leverage such a platform to stratify patients in terms of saying, okay, who's going to be um, the one that is not going to have any kind of a clinical manifestation or any kind of a, uh, changes that they would even know that they have COVID and who is going to end up in the ICU and die. And uh, this sort of precision insight within the field of virology um, you know, it, it's, it's a necessity in society that, was, that came to light uh, over the last two years. So to the extent that we can contribute to that field to help um, uh, increase the pace uh, th through which innovation can, 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 can help individuals. Um, uh, you know, we've learned a lot about this pandemic, uh, but it took a long time. So it took quite some time before uh, therapeutic modalities uh, were tested. Uh, and before uh, we had an operating system uh, within the ICUs to be able to make sure uh, that we can save as many people as possible. Now, uh, we hope that uh, in the future, uh, through data-driven solutions, we can provide much more insights as to what's happening um, when we have a new threat coming into the world and how we deal with that. So that's certainly a very big potential area. Um, then, uh, personally, I'm also extremely interested in the area of longevity in the sense that how do we uh, keep individuals healthy because our medical practices are set around waiting until an individual actually has a disease and then we go after fixing the problem and trying to reverse the course of the disease. Uh, whereas I think there is an immense potential to leverage insights from the immune system in precision medicine to actually avoid having the disease. And of course, that is much better for the patient. Uh, it's much better for society and it's much better in terms of cost structures of society. So keeping the business of keeping people healthy, I think, is, is an extremely exciting business uh, versus um, chasing, trying to reverse a course of disease. And um, to do that, you need incredible amount of information and knowledge. Uh, and that is what is powered by this technology platform. So you're absolutely right. It is really a, um, a platform in the knowledge economy uh, and very much dedicated and focused on the immune system. Uh, and leveraging the latest technologies, um, both in terms of next generation sequencing that can generate the, the, the large amount of data. And uh, what we have done is implementing standardization of that data because you need standard protocols uh, in order to be able to compare what's happening in different populations uh, at different times. If you don't have standardization, there's just too much noise in the data into the system. So we have really taken out that noise so that we can see the signal much better, even small amounts of signal, and we can leverage that to develop knowledge and to develop predictive solutions. So um, uh, as this knowledge base is growing uh, from different cohorts, so we're writing the Atlas of the Immune System one chapter at a time, uh, that provides an incredible proprietary um, uh, asset that can allow us to rapidly provide solutions for different applications. And we're doing that. Um, we have just launched our uh, biopharma uh, um, solutions where, uh, for example, in drug development today, um, the efficiency of drug development is quite low. Uh, so you can uh, spend, um, you know, 500 million or a billion trying to develop a therapy, but the failure rate is extremely high. And part of it is because we don't have deep insights as to how uh, the different individuals are actually responding to the therapy and how do we optimize that. And so we're getting quite a lot of interest from uh, biopharma companies and uh, um, developers uh, to leverage the platform to get insights into the patient population and see how they can actually improve the patient outcome through knowledge of what's happening within the immune system and how um, they can optimize the therapy progression. 
Um, and of course, that feeds into clinical utilities and uh, optimizing the clinical utility. Um, so um, there's quite a lot of exciting uh, things coming out. And as we have um, uh, seen in other aspects of society, um, uh, one step at a time, uh, and uh, we, we're, we have clinical diagnostic solutions, we're working on longevity, of course, as well as on, um, on biopharma solutions today. Brian, you mentioned Myopol, and we didn't uh, tell it before, but your company is part of this life science cluster of uh, Western Switzerland, where you've got researchers and entrepreneurs that are making exceptional studies and innovation to transform health and wellness. And uh, it's really great that you're part of the ones who build uh, the healthcare of the future. So this is amazing and uh, really congratulations to you and your team. And above all, thanks to you for having shared with us this uh, deep dive into the immunosciences. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's always a pleasure to explore uh, how the future is going to look like. And we look forward to playing an important role in that. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for listening.